At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Rob Longo stepping in once again for Sam Farber. We figured we would give Sam, of course, a couple extra days out enjoying that Las Vegas experience. But, of course, I had to fill the quota. I'm going to steal the joke again. Sam Purley from Hornets.com joins me on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. And, Sam, of course, as always, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Here I am in studio today. Not a phone call in studio. You can hear me a little bit more clearly. So, And we can see each other face-to-face in real life. So socially distance, of course, but thank you as always for having me. Yeah, so let's go ahead and break down yesterday's game in the desert. It was a 106-105 loss for the Hornets. Charlotte began the game at a decent pace, did trail after 10 minutes, but the biggest takeaway in that first quarter for the Hornets, only two turnovers. Charlotte was able to close the gap a little bit going into the locker room at the break. It was a 54-51 lead for San Antonio, and call it some luck, call it some skill, call it whatever you want, but it was to the help of Leangelo Ball. 0.6 seconds left. Lob, Jello collects, fires it, and hits the three. Count it. Count it. Leangelo Ball to the delight of the Ball family and all the fans here in attendance at Cox Arena. Caught it, let it fly. They forgot to start the clock. That's got to count. It indeed counted at the break, so it was a three-point deficit for the Hornets and ended up being a four-point deficit going into the fourth quarter after San Antonio was able to take an 80-76 lead, and then it all wrapped up with a 106-105 win for San Antonio, but it wasn't without some impressive play down the stretch by James Booknight. Ball is bounced inside. Kai Jones, kick out. Booknight, he'll attack. Booknight all the way to the 10. Right hand laying on the left side is good. James Booknight has 23 and the Hornets lead with 30 seconds left. 105 to 104. Charlotte couldn't hold the lead. It was a phenomenal play by Trey Jones. Sam, I think you would agree with that. Over Kai Jones, I mean, the extension, we all know how big Kai Jones is, and then Trey Jones, you just got to tip your cap sometimes. Yeah, that was a great play by him. It's uh, They got a little bit of a second chance there. The Hornets got the stop, got the rebound, drew the foul. Foul got overturned on the challenge. I think there was a little bit of confusion that maybe it should have been a jump ball. Spurs got another chance. Jones went ISO at the top of the key, drove down. Great acrobatic play. I think he kind of had to dodge both of Kai Jones's arms arms got it up and just rolled in and you know sometimes you just tip a cap it's a great shot that is the kind of performance that try trey jones if you're the san antonio it's we've kind of seen enough you take the rest of summer league off 34 points 
um, nine rebounds or eight rebounds, nine assists. I thought he, was, he did have seven turnovers, which I'm sure wasn't ideal for the Spurs necessarily. But really, I mean, sometimes you just, like you said, tip your cap. You made a great shot, and the uh, unfortunately the Hornets weren't able to respond on the other end. Hornets couldn't really get a shot to go off at the end of the buzzer, so 106-105 final. Dutch Gately, though, the Summer League head coach, said, well, between James Booknight and the way that the team played as a whole, much better than the first two games. Very disappointed that we lost. You're always disappointed. You want to win every game, and our guys battled so hard. I am so thrilled. We have 26 assists. I tell the guys, for our team in Charlotte, we want 30 assists for every game. If we do that, we feel we have a good offensive game. And I told the guys, all right, let's get 24 assists, six a quarter. Okay, get 24, and I feel like our offense will be there. We finished with 26 with only 12 turnovers. That was a big-time emphasis for us after the last two games. I might have lied a little bit and told the guys that we led the summer league history in turnovers in the first two games. But I'm very pleased with, I mean, Book having eight assists and zero turnovers after the last two games we have, that's big-time growth. Now there's still steps that we can make, but that's something that now we can see as a coaching staff. He takes what we tell him. He adjusts his game, and he learns and implements it. And him being able to do that is a big-time step in his development. Coach speak is the same at any level, no matter what kind of coach you are. If you're assistant, summer league coach, head coach, yeah, we did a great job. I'm disappointed what we didn't win, but there is more we can do better. And James Booknight definitely falls in that camp. 23 points, and interesting enough that it was 23 points because – on Monday, James Booknight finished with 11 points. He was a minus six in the plus minus category. Last night, though, much, much better. What was behind that performance? Maybe a little bit of motivation. After the second game, I was doing media and Jordan texted me. He texted me and told me to give him a call. And he, he basically critiqued my game and told me what he saw there. And, you know, not many 20 year olds, first year in the league, can say that the best player ever to touch a basketball is calling them and helping, like, giving them pointers. You know what I'm saying? So I took that to heart and I took that personal um, and I came out here and I tried to do my best to have a good game. Um, I don't know how hands-on like owners or presidents are in other organizations, but just to, just to get a text from, from MJ is like, you know what I'm saying? Someone that played my position, who was the greatest to play my position. I'm happy he called me and I'm happy that I'm able to have that type of relationship where we could get on the phone and we could talk, talk about what he saw, how I felt, what I saw, and then apply that to the next game. Anytime you get a text from a guy like Michael Jordan, I can't imagine what that's like, let alone talking about what you could do better on the court. So, Sam, I mean, the way that we saw James Booknight go from Monday's game to Thursday's game, pretty good turnaround considering, you know, he's only 20 years old. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, I think just having three summer league games on your belt as a professional, I mean, that's got to be just a crazy feeling if you're someone like James Booknight. But yeah, I thought, you know, tremendous growth in the last two days, maybe a day of rest, day of evaluation, kind of getting your feet under you a little bit after those first two games in Vegas really helped Booknight and the Hornets. I think you saw in that Sacramento game and in, in Gately mentioned it a little bit. I mean, they were just completely swallowed up. Too much ISO, too much one-on-one -on -one possessions. I mean, Davion Mitchell was extraordinary on Monday and they weren't, the Hornets weren't doing anything to kind of mitigate you know, their efforts in terms because not moving the ball. And I thought they were a lot better in this game. A lot, lot better. I think they finished with 26 assists, 43 field goals and shot 50%. So ball movement was much better. Everyone involved. I think after the first quarter, nine guys, nine different guys had scored after the first quarter. Obviously it's disappointing because you want to win, like Dutch Gately said. I mean, development in finding ways to win games are sort of intertwined. I know these games don't count, but doing what you need to do in order to put yourself in position to win is part of development. I mean, that's kind of why you do this. You develop because you want to get better and win games. So all things considered, I thought the ball movement was a lot better and the turnovers were so much better. I mean, I think they had 48 combined turnovers in the first two games, which is a staggering amount for even an NBA game. And then you factor in it's 40 minute games in summer league. So, but it's going to happen. It's chemistry. It's just young guys kind of doing things, learning and making rookie mistakes. 
fantastic. So all things considered, really, really good performance. Obviously, you would want the win. Obviously, you want that Trey Jones layup to kind of roll out at the end. But a lot to work with and a lot to grow from in this game that they can apply to these final two games out in Vegas. Yeah, one of the other things, too, 106-105, the final score, like I mentioned, you touched on it a little bit, too. These are only 40-minute games. They're playing 10-minute quarters. This was the first game in Summer League so far, and we've seen, what now, four or five days of action. This was the first one where both teams hit triple digits, so the offenses on both sides were really clicking. One of the people that impressed me in yesterday's game, and he's impressed me the last three games, too, is Kai Jones. He finishes with 10 points, five rebounds, doesn't do a whole lot outside of that, doesn't make a ton of defensive styles, no blocks, anything like that. Did all he could against Trey Jones on that final play of the game right before the buzzer, but we can see why Mitch Kupchak in the front office were so high on him, because he makes plays like this. Sneed gives to Kai Jones. He'll attack. Rises up and throws it down with the right hand over the top of Nate Renfro. Posterizing the Spurs player. And now a foul is called on San Antonio for an illegal screen as the oohs and ahs emanate from Cox Pavilion. There's going to be a dunk at some point this season where Kai Jones is just going to smack his head off the rim. I mean, because he's just so tall and he gets so high in the air. This guy is almost a freak of nature athletically, I think. Yeah, he's a lot of fun to watch. It reminds me a lot of, and I know it's different positions, different sizes, different backgrounds. It reminds me a lot of Miles when he came in. That You can feel every time he gets the ball, and you can even feel that with Miles now, every time he gets the ball you got to grab your camera, grab your phone, because there's a highlight possibly coming. He has that kind of power. Um, and I saw a little bit in the Sacramento games, you saw the rawness in Kai. You saw why he is raw. There's a lot of, you know, maybe trying to do too much at times, trying to be a little overzealous. And again, that's going to come with maturation, playing more and more. Um, the thing that's really stuck out about me, we knew he was athletic. He is a much more advanced ball handler. And I think I personally thought, I think some other people thought, I mean, he's taking the ball at the top of the key. You know, he can dribble a little bit. He's drawing fouls because he's so big and he's so long that it's almost natural that his arms are going to hit that defender. Like I think he's done a good job at kind of getting to the line a few times and he can obviously create space with sort of how long he is and getting step back formations and stuff. So that's the thing I've really encouraged by is his ball handling. I mean he can bring the ball up in transition. Obviously still has to work on the decision making element of it and kind of you know when to pass, when to get it out to James Booknight or Grant Riller or somebody like that. But he is so fun to watch and I can't, like you said, I can't wait. I mean that first you know game when he's in Charlotte, I mean I've fans are really really going to enjoy seeing him play live and he just he seems like he's having a lot of fun already and that's what you love to see a lot of promise on this young Hornets team out in Summer League action in Las Vegas. It was a 106-105 final. The Hornets fall to 0-3 in summer play. 7 o'clock tip coming up here tomorrow out in the desert. 4 o'clock local time if you happen to be listening out on the West Coast or are in Vegas checking out the action against the Toronto Raptors. We'll preview that one here in a few moments and just kind of give you an idea of you know what we like to expect and what we would like to see heading into game number four of Summer League. But up next, it was a busy week media availability wise that includes meeting the latest hornets that have landed in the queen city or will land in the queen city sooner rather than later we'll talk some free agency acquisitions next here on the hornets hivecast hornets fans the buzz is building for season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season call 704 hornets or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative Lock in your price today. Rob Longo and Sam Hurley back with you here on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast, giving Sam Farber another day off to enjoy that wonderful Las Vegas experience. Sam, 
we finally were able to meet a couple of new Hornets over the last couple of days due to some media availability with some of the newer faces, the newer free agents here on this roster for Charlotte. Let's begin with the local guy, Ish Smith. So, you know, local guy, grew up in Charlotte, went to high school in Concord, played his college ball just up the road at Wake Forest in Winston-Salem. He's been around the league for a number of years now. You got the chance to ask him, you know, was it a homecoming? Was this a destination for you eventually? Was it a style play fit? And it seemed like from what Ish said, it was kind of all of the above. We played against them last year, three different occasions. And the way they played, the young guys, the athletic ability, the speed they play with, the way they share the basketball and shoot the basketball and then how they defend. I'm telling you, even playing against them, it was fun to watch them play against other teams, scouting against them, and then now being on this side. And, uh, you know, you want the speed that I play at. You know, to me, I think it's a great fit. And then being home, you know, it's home. Home is home, man. Uh, it's my 12th year in the league. Everybody around me, I think, is more excited than me. To me, it's like, let's get to work and let's, you know, start something special. You know, I remember from 88 to 98, you know, we held the attendance record for 10 years straight. And uh, it was something that, you know, obviously we got in the way of, you know, who got in the way of that was our owner, Michael Jordan. But I thought we had uh, we had great teams and you want to get back to that level of play. So, you know, being home is great, but at the end of the day, you got a job to do and uh, we, we got to get some stuff done. Sam, I think the most impressive part of the entire media availability for Ish was just that little bit right there at the end. He really knows this Hornets history. He went back there knowing that the attendance record was back in Charlotte, back in the 90s, having the highest attendance in the league, just the great teams. And then Michael Jordan, of course, with the Bulls trying to ruin everything. Just really impressive stuff by Ish, I thought, there towards the beginning of his press conference. But from the basketball side of things, what does Ish really bring to this team? The first thing I got from the interview picked up immediately is, wow, huge Marvin Williams vibes. And I mean that in the highest, that is a huge, huge compliment. Marvin Williams was a tremendous, tremendous leader, worker, and a guy that a lot of the younger guys here really modeled at least how they prepared their games and everything when they were here. So that's what I felt when I was just hearing from Ish, just leadership, leadership, leadership. And I think he's going to be absolutely invaluable, particularly in the backcourt for LaMelo Ball, for James Booknight. And from a basketball standpoint, you know, I loved watching him in Washington from a, in the sense of he was so hard to play against sometimes. He's really, really quick, plays with great tempo, great three-level score, knows how to get to his spots. It's interesting hearing these guys that playing against the Hornets and kind of the complimentary things they have to say from the other team's perspective. So, you know, and I think when you look at this kind of fit on paper, you look at Ish, you say, okay, it's a guy that's a little bit older. He's 32, 33 years old he kind of you know like you said he remembers all that old school hornet stuff so it's like and that was kind of cool for me because you know it was kind of the same age it's 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 crazy to think you know you bring in somebody that has that sort of of a memory from that time period but you know you look at the fit on paper and you think okay this is a guy you know maybe on the back half of his career he wants to just kind of come home and maybe have one last kind of you know couple little run and shot that's not the vibe I picked up on he's coming here to win he's coming here to prepare he's coming here to lead I got a very very yeah it's great to be home but I'm not coming here to just play in front of my family. I'm coming here to help take this team to the next level. And that was the message I really got across from the numerous Zoom calls we had this week. Yeah, and one of the things that I took away from everything was just kind of the way that Mitch Kupchak is trying to restructure this roster a little bit in a sense. I mean, you take a look at who the point guards last year. Well, yeah, you had LaMelo Ball. Then you had Devontae Graham and Malik Monk coming off the bench. And then you added a guy like Brad Wanamaker at the trade deadline, a veteran point guard kind of guy. It seems like Mitch wants that veteran presence in the backcourt 
kind of in that second unit leading those younger guys. So those are the kind of vibes I got. And I feel like Ish is one of those guys, like you mentioned, that can do a really good job of not only teaching and mentoring guys a little bit, but kind of inspiring them to win as well. Yeah, one of the things that JB said in one of the other Zoom calls we had this week, um, kind of checking in, I think uh, it was on Wednesday, he made a really good comment when somebody asked him about, you know, what steps does LaMelo Ball need to take this year? And he said, LaMelo Ball you know, extraordinary talent, you know, but the next step for him is managing games. And what he means by that is, you know, as the primary guy now, you're the go-to guy. Only pure instinct and pure talent can only get you so far. LaMelo obviously has a tremendous amount of it. Now it's about managing games, making more and more of the right plays, you know, making more and more of the right reads, things like that, knowing when to pass, knowing when to shoot, knowing when to pull it back, go this way, go that way. And I think someone like Ish Smith is really, really going to help in that category because last year, and it was such a weird year with, you know, and Devontae is still relatively a young player in the league. Terry was more of an off guard. So now that LaMelo is going to have that presence there to kind of help him a little bit more managing games and really, really controlling things and utilizing that talent, compartmentalizing it, I think is going to be huge. The Ish Smith, I think is going to help LaMelo more than anything. Just having that veteran and having a guy that's, you know, obviously been around and been in the league for, I think he said this is entering his 12th season. Yeah. And that was something that Ish also talked about in his media availability was, yeah, we've already talked to LaMelo. We've already bounced some ideas off each other. So already good to see that point guard the point guard conversations going through the other free agent acquisition was kelly Ubre jr now Ubre is a little bit of an interesting case just because you know the last couple of seasons he's bounced around the league a little bit mostly out in the west playing with phoenix playing this past season with golden state coming off the bench but then having to get thrusted into a starting role as well you know he's one of those guys who is still a little bit younger but he's starting to get to that point where he's slowly inching closer and closer to his prime and he's still obviously has some things to work on for his game and here's what Ubre had to say about that you know i just want to come in and be the best player that I can possibly be, man. Um, I know what I can do on the court, and I'm a two-way player, you know, on offense and defense. I love guarding the other team's best player, you know, and I love going at them on offense as well. So I think that this year you'll you'll see my game be a little more sexy. Still the same passion, you know, same rage. But for me, it's just about smoothing and everything over because when I first came into the league, I was going 100 miles an hour at all times. I don't think I've ever heard anybody describe their game as sexy. That was the biggest takeaway I took away, Sam. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely a depth piece behind a guy like Gordon Hayward that can provide some scoring off the bench is the way I look at it. Yeah, Kelly's he's bounced around a little bit, and I think it's all via trades. He started off in Washington, I think 2015 draft. I think he was taken either right behind Terry or right one pick ahead of him. So did three years in Washington. I think he was traded to Phoenix midway through the 18-19 season for Trevor Ariza. Next couple years there, Phoenix traded Oklahoma City as part of the Chris Paul deal. And then in lieu of the Clay Thompson injury last year, Oklahoma City traded him to Golden State. And I think they tried to slide him in right at the two. I don't think it was the best fit in Golden State. I think it was kind of a awkward fit. I think he's more of a natural three than a starting two. I think he can play the two, but I think his best area is kind of at the three and really utilizing that quickness and that athletic. It was a tough year in Golden State because you got you're trying to go for it, but you're also trying to develop some young guys with James Wiseman and all them. And it's like it just never really got off the ground with the Warriors last year, considering all the talent they had. And then I think Kelly was dealing with a wrist injury at the end of the year, causing him to miss 15 of the team's final 20 games. So now that he can kind of, I think this is the first time really in his career that he's getting to pick the location that he wants to go to. He's been in I think three different trades now. So I love the fit. I absolutely love the fit. I think he's gonna. And I think the style and the flair that he plays with and the energy 
energy that he has, the athleticism, I think is going to fit right in when you got LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges, Kai Jones, all these guys. I think it's great, and I think Kelly is excited to be here. He's obviously a tremendous shooter. I mean, he can get you 15 points off the bench every single night. I think he's, you know, if everything goes right, he's sixth man of the year kind of caliber talent. Obviously, huge pickup for the Hornets. Really, really nice addition to this rotation, and I kind of see him right now kind of, like you said, sliding into that backup three behind Gordon Hayward. If you need him to come in and start five or ten games, I think that'd be no problem for him. This is just spitballing right here. If somehow this rotation ended up on the floor at the same time, LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Kelly Oubre. I mean, what more could you possibly want with just the terms of swagger, I suppose, on the court? Yeah, the term league pass darlings, and it kind of came on us quickly last year with all the dunking and everything, and you got Eric Collins getting excited, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. It's been, it's been a long time since, you know, the Hornets have been a team out before last year. Obviously, have been a team that other people outside of Charlotte take time out of their day to go watch. It's still kind of weird to me. People think, whoa, the Hornets are playing the Hawks tonight. I'm going to go watch that. Or, you know, you see how many primetime games the Hornets have this year. I think it's really, really cool to have, you know, the spotlight on an organization and have people, you know, James Borrego said this week, he said there's a lot of people coming up to him in Vegas about, I really enjoy watching your team play. I like the style they play. I like how unselfish they are. I like how they move the ball. So really exciting times here in Charlotte. I love the additions. I think Ish is going to be, you know, obviously Ish and Kelly are the two free agent signings per se. I love what they bring to the team. Leadership, preparation, like you said, swagginess. You know, Kelly's using a lot of uh, adjectives in in his Zoom call that I don't necessarily, you know, raise and passion and things like that that are very descriptive and I think it's just it's going to be an exciting year I love the fit and I love kind of how this roster has come together this offseason for sure I would say go buy your league passes today but I don't make any commission we'll just leave it at that but definitely some exciting times ahead here in Buzz City with some free agent acquisitions some trading acquisitions and of course a lot of young pieces built through the draft as well we do have some more summer league action coming up tomorrow against the Toronto Raptors it will be a seven o'clock tip Sam and I'll break down what we're looking for next as the Hornets Hivecast rolls along. Be sure to check out the Hornets Fan Shop at Spectrum Center, now open Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Check out all the newest Hornets gear or grab a new pair of J's. It's an easy trip on the light rail, or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 at HornetsFanshop.com. Rob Longo and Sam Hurley of Hornets.com back with you here on the Hornets Hivecast. And Sam, we got some action coming up tomorrow in Vegas, a little bit later than we've seen the past couple of nights. It'll be a 7 o'clock tip prime time for Saturday night in Las Vegas. The Hornets will be taking on the Toronto Raptors. We've already seen three games of action so far through Summer League play. Obviously an 0-3 record, but of course the record doesn't really mean anything. We're looking to see how this team develops. I think the team took a really big step from Monday's game going to Thursday's game. Get another off day today before a game tomorrow. What are you looking forward to most against this game against Toronto tomorrow? Two things in particular from a team aspect I want to see. I want to see the ball movement continue to move. I thought that was a great, great step forward. A lot of growth in the game against the Spurs, particularly James Booknight. I think he did, I think something we kind of glossed over is how good he looked as sort of the primary ball handler. He was basically the point guard for a lot of the second half of that game. Eight assists and zero turnovers. That is tremendous. I want to see the ball move. I want to see a lot of assists, seeing it kind of moving around, whipping around the perimeter. And I think one area they really got to have to shore up on, I think we look at kind of how good the offense, end of the day, they gave up 106 points in a 40-minute game. I mean, that's got to be cleaned up just a little bit on the defensive end. I think one area in particular that Gately kind of pinpointed was transition defense. You know, get, you know, live ball rebounds. You know, you had less turnovers this time, but he said he estimated maybe about four times the Hornets had makes and the Spurs were taking out of the net, pushing it immediately down court and getting easy buckets. That just can't happen on off made baskets. That's something they got to really kind of clean up a little bit. Make or miss, get back in transition. You know, 
Spurs transition or possession changes over, get back. And I think that's something he's going to kind of emphasis on a little bit. You can keep that ball moving, keep the offense rolling a little bit, get back on defense, get in transition, be a little bit more disruptive, particularly around the paint area, which I think they got better in the second half. I think hopefully the Hornets can uh, get, a, get a win on the board in uh, out in Las Vegas. Yeah, as much as this is about development, you obviously like to see a W put on the board sooner or later, just from a confidence standpoint as well. I'm zeroing in more on individual performances. I want to see a little bit more Arnaldis Kabulka. Kabulka has been one of those guys that's been really intriguing to me ever since it was announced that he got that two-way deal and he was coming over to Summer League. Eight points last night, ended up with an efficient three of six from the floor, two of four from beyond the arc. He also finishes with four rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a block. He did have three turnovers, but he finished with a plus 15 on the floor. His plus minus, I know sometimes it's a useless stat, but his plus minus has looked really good in all three games out in Vegas. He only got 17 minutes of run yesterday. I would love to see him get out there, maybe get closer to like a 20 to 25 minutes just to see if the law of averages balances out, if that shooting still stays around a 50% clip, or if he's just one of those guys that fits better coming off the bench as a role player and sitting in a corner, poaching a couple threes, driving when it's available and dishing out the rock when it's possible as well. Yeah, he's looked really, really good. I mean, this looks like a guy that's been playing professional for a number of years and he has been playing professional for a number of years over in Europe. And like you said, you know, plus minus, you got to have to watch how they're doing, but the team is playing well. He's on the floor and he's doing a little bit of everything. He's definitely becoming much more well-rounded player, not just a spot shooter like he was known for back when he was drafted. Like I said, summer league, it's experimentation. You want to see, you know, trying guys at different positions. You try guys, you know, as you can see in this game, Nick Richards didn't play at all. I want to, they think they want to see more of a heavier load from Vernon. They did the same thing the other day. See how guys react to playing 25 minutes or playing 75% of a game. So I think with Koboka too, they're still trying to kind of figure out that 3-4 arrangement. Is he a three? I think size-wise and athleticism and offensively, he's more of a three or a four-ish, but you know, he's can guard threes. I think you're still kind of trying to figure out where he's best positioned. And you got a lot of guys in the summer league roster is not a perfect, there's a lot of pieces that are similar. So you all, it's a kind of a complicated puzzle and you're really trying to kind of figure out and guess, test and experiment. So I love what I've seen from so far. He looks really, really polished and really well-rounded. I think the Hornets have kind of found at least a little bit of a steal um, in the sense that you're going to get some good production from him in Greensboro and hopefully at some point, maybe even the Hornets down the line. One more quick hitter for you individually wise. I want to take a look at JT Thor. 17 minutes, similar line to Kabulka. He finishes with 10 points, hit all four of his foul shots, seven rebounds coming off the bench. He's one of those guys where I just want to see him develop more from an aspect of he hasn't really practiced with the team really. I mean, the last day before the team shipped out to Vegas, he was finally able to practice because the trade with the Detroit Pistons finally went through and was approved. I mean, he had to sit out that whole week of practice, so I would just like to see what he gets going after just a little bit more seasoning, understanding the system and understanding what's expected of him moving forward. I don't think it's quite to that point where you can throw him into the starting lineup here in Summer League just because of a system standpoint, but I would love to see him get a little bit more run if he's ready to take on more minutes just from a mental aspect. Yeah, I got a little bit of a raw deal with that trade. It's unfortunate. I think there were some other guys in the league that had to deal with that as they were part of draft night trades. It couldn't be finalized until after the moratorium ended, but you know, I like what I've seen him. He's active around the basket. He's got really, really long arms and legs. I mean, I think you can see why, you know, the length was so appealing. I mean, he's he's good job, good finisher around the rim. I think he's got good ball handling, like similar to Kai. You can handle the ball around the perimeter a little bit. Great length, obviously can rebound, can push the ball in transition. So you can see the skill sets there. He's he's had a couple nice, this is probably his nicest performance against the Spurs, 10 points, seven rebounds. 
three of five from the field, hit all his free throws. I mean, there's some definitely some skill there. A lot of it is just getting him up to speed a little bit with the concepts and obviously filling out physically. He needs some growth in that area. But I like what I've seen from him so far. And I think he's kind of quietly flown under the radar a little bit. Just like you said, he didn't practice so much in summer league. And he's, you know, the rookie class is obviously James and Kai are kind of the guys that are getting a lot of the attention. But don't, like you said, don't sleep on JT Thor. You know, he's obviously got something to prove and, you know, trying to get to where everyone is after missing that week of summer league practice. It should be an interesting one tomorrow night in the desert once again game four of summer league the hornets will be taking on the san antonio spurs seven o'clock tip time you can catch it all the action on nba tv and the espn network of families sam pearly of hornets.com appreciate you once again filling our quota of sam's here on the hornets Ivecast. always happy to help thank you very much for having me and thank you for tuning in to all of you as well we'll catch you next time on the hornets Ivecast. thanks for listening to the hornets Ivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.